Please join us at Rose City Swing on Friday at 12.30 a.m. for a live podcast. We're going to have some special guests joining us for the conversation, and hopefully you. And if you can't make it to the event, be sure to check out our Facebook live stream. We have an event up on Facebook, so look for us there. If you have any questions you'd like to ask us, submit those to us online or just show up and ask your questions. We hope to see you there. Rose City Swing, Friday night at 1230 a.m. And now on to the show. Welcome to The Naked Truth, real talk about West Coast Swing. My name is Eric. And I'm Deborah. And today we are discussing a topic that gets at the heart of our dance, leading, following, and partnership. As a dance that has a lot of personal expression, it is still a partner dance, and that means success is expressing the music with someone else. So we're going to look at what it means to be a successful leader and follower and how to have a successful partnership. So Eric... There are lots of ways to define or describe what leading and following are. How do you tell your students what their roles are? Good question. Um, We have heard all sorts of analogies of what leading and following are. I know Mm -hmm. I have from lots of different places, different teachers. I think the basic one that I subscribe to is the idea of leaders defining a space or setting the parameters of a space and followers filling it like at its, at its essence. Um, Mm -hmm. There's more to executing that and what it means in practice for the dance, but it's that idea of, you know, I like Brandy's analogy of like leaders, you create the space and followers decorate it at its essence. Can it be more than that? Sure. Can it be other things? Yes. But that to me is that to me, I think is really the heart of what leading and following is you set kind of the parameters of what we're going to do. And then followers are free to create and, and decorate within that. Yeah. I feel the same way. I kind of, I like to say that the leaders uh, take the followers on a journey and the followers kind of add their seasoning or color mm-hmm. to, to the journey. Yes. Um, so I think that's a good way of explaining it. Um, so do you do both roles? Yes, Eric? I do. Okay. Tell me what you like about leading and what you like about following. Um, like, what do I what do I enjoy about those roles? Right. Um, so for me, as a leader, it's funny. When I started following, I was like, ah, like I can relax. Right. <laughs> because I get in my head as a leader. Because it sure. is, it is, uh, it does require, I think, more brain space in the sense that you're, you're setting those parameters. So you have to think about mm-hmm. what's going on. And what, what it is you're initiating, what shapes are you creating, um, for the follower to work off of. Right. So that said, I do enjoy that part of it. I enjoy the creating and like you said, bringing my partner on a journey. Mm -hmm. So how do I create something? How do I engage my partner and create something that involves both of us in dancing to the music? You know, how do I share my personal expression of the music with my partner? So I really enjoy that aspect of it. For following, I enjoy not having to worry about that part, right? Like going with the journey and then saying, okay, how do I, how do I bring what I'm hearing into this conversation? How do I participate? How do I engage? Um, I don't have to worry about creating the house. I just can focus on decorating it. Right. Um, obviously there are pluses and minuses to both roles, but I think sure. for me, that's, what do I, that's what I enjoy. I enjoy the creation part. 
of being a leader and defining the space. And I enjoy the creation part as a follower of expressing and filling that space. And do you, how do you feel about when you're following, um, about, uh, decorating? Like how, how much decoration do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, you and I have talked about this, but I, I often talk about followers. When I think of followers, I think of how much do they talk and how loudly do they talk? Mm -hmm. So there are some followers who talk a lot, but very quietly. So they're just constantly kind of embellishing and decorating. Mm -hmm. There are some followers who don't talk at all. There are followers who, uh, talk very loudly. So like they will be doing a lot to, um, shape and change or build off of what you're doing. Right. And I think we, we, we can all think of followers who kind of fall into those different buckets. Um, followers who are either a little more, more straight on the following others who are louder and and do that. And there are some followers who are like straight up followers. And then they all of a sudden speak very loudly, like dance to rest. (laughs) You're quiet, quiet, quiet. And then bam, all of a sudden you're like, Oh my God, whoa, what just happened? So when I'm following for me as a follower, I kind of do it with, I mean, I am predominantly a leader. So I do it with the lens of what would I want as a leader? And Mm -hmm. I want as a leader, I want a follower to participate. I don't want to be doing all the talking, but I don't want them to be interrupting. Right. Right. I want that what they contribute to the conversation to be a part of the conversation. I want it to be engaging. I want it to offer substance for what's happening. Um, so when I follow, I try to decorate and paint along the way. I try to reveal to my partner, here's what I'm hearing in a way that they can hopefully like notice it and work with it. Um, I also think as a follower, I think a lot of times we put the onus on leaders to be musical, to stay on time, to create the shapes. And I think a lot of that also falls with followers when we talk about partnership, right? That like, I as a follower, my job is to support my leader. Mm -hmm. So if there's a problem with timing, I should, I should be able to step in and help my leader. Absolutely. Um, If there's a problem, like if there's something in the music that they're missing, that I think is important to bring up, then it's my job to find a way to bring that into the conversation and help my Mm -hmm. leader hear the music the way I hear it. Um, again, without being disruptive. Right. I find when I'm leading that I, I lead more from a follower's perspective, meaning mm-hmm. that I, I give the follower a little bit more in hopes to see what she comes up with. And I follow her mm-hmm. as opposed to me trying to control the whole um, dance. And I think I do that because uh, me when I am the follower, which is more my role, that I I follow and then kind of wait for him to give me some stuff. Mm-hmm. So I do the opposite when I'm leading, um, to see what the girls can come up with. And there's always a smile on their face when I do that. I will say sure. that because I feel like sometimes uh, followers feel like they're not heard, which is why they end up speaking loudly or over, you know, talking, um, or having Tourette's like you said, (laughs) (laughs) uh, because they don't, uh, because they're not heard. Mm -hmm. Um, and they don't know how to approach the situation. So they just like, 
Yeah. They're like, here I am. Um, so when I give them that opening and I'm like, oh, let me see what, what you got. They get all really excited and they have a, you know, big smile on their face. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When you're, so, when you're following, what, how do you approach following? So I, I, I'm a really good listener in general. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm having a conversation with someone. Um, so I do that a lot in, in, in when I'm following and even to the point where uh, I listen so well that sometimes when he opens, you know, the door for me to do something, I'm like, what, what should I do now? Um, because when you're, when you're having a conversation and someone has that pause, you, you know, when to, to speak, dancing's a little different. Um, cause there are so many things that you can do in response to when the door opens, where when you're having a conversation, usually there's only one or two responses, you know, that come up depending on what you're talking about. Um, so I feel like sometimes, uh, I get caught up in being such a good follower that I lose that creativity that I want so much that I have, that I do so well Mm -hmm. during social dancing and late night. Like I always say, I wish I could do in competition what I do late night. And I'm not sure what the problem is. I think maybe, uh, I like it that, that it's dark during, um, (laughs) social dancing. And I feel that there's more organic moments in social dancing because there's not, there's no a specific outcome that has to happen except having a good time right. where in competition, there's a lot of things at stake. Like obviously you want to have a good time in competition, but you know, you also want to, you know, do well in place because nobody enters a competition to be last. And mm-hmm. you also want to give your, 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 um, partner a, a good dance. Um, so then there's all these things that you're thinking about. And even though I, I, I don't really get caught up in my head a lot when I'm in competition, uh, sometimes when it does happen, I have to like, you know, verbally quietly in my head, go snap out of it, Deborah. Yes. So I can, so I can get back to, you know, trying to be as organic, um, as possible. But I think my thing is I, I follow too well. <laughs> That's a problem for me. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because, you know, hearing you talk about that, um, well, one, I definitely know the story and anybody who knows me and or my dancing knows that my competition dancing is not the same as my social dancing. Right. Um, where, where, uh, and maybe this is something you relate to too, that in competition, I'm really focused on, well, one, there's the expectation that you're going to showcase your best. And I imagine you as a champion feel that pressure even more than I do Mm -hmm. because we all expect the best from you. Like right. expectations are high and really honestly, like watching champions, if there's one glitch, that could be the difference between placement or not. Right. Because there's such high quality of dancing. So right. it's, it could be harder in some cases to take risks. Um, but I think the other thing too, is we're trying so hard to just connect with our partner in that moment. I mean, you have 90 seconds to right. connect and, and show that connection, that partnership mm-hmm. under you know, like you said, the bright lights, people watching high expectations. And so it can be hard to feel at ease and organic in that situation. So I think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's interesting to hear you talk about that because I think, well, one, I certainly relate to that, but I also know a lot of my 
my students would probably relate to that too. And I emphasize with my students being a good partner first and foremost. I always tell them, I'm like, look, you can be musical all you want till the cows come home. But like, if you're not connected and involving your partner, they're not having a good time. And then it's not a good dance. Right. It's like having a, it's like having a one-sided conversation. Who wants that? Right. So I think we often work really hard on our lead follow skills so that we can do more with our partner, but we end up just sitting in our role and not necessarily taking it to the next level under certain circumstances where we elevate it. Like there's, I've seen you, Deborah, in competition, take the Have partnership you? and <laughs> yeah, just once. Um, I don't remember when though, or what it looked like, but, um, but I've seen you like take that partnership and elevate it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, and I believe it's because you are so grounded in the partnership. Whereas mm-hmm. when I see things go wrong with a lot of dances, it's because they didn't establish the partnership first. And then right. they try to do something and that's not effectively communicated to the partner. The partner's not on board. You know, when you talk about going on a journey, like when I teach my students how to start a dance, I say like, look, you want to get in the car. You want to make sure your partner's buckled in, that they have right. a sense of what kind of journey we're going on. Is this like a, a whole day road trip or are we just going to the store? Like right. set all of that up. And then once you're on the same page, then it's so much easier to, to mm-hmm. achieve success together. And I think you're really right. good about getting on the same page with your partner. Yeah, I I believe I'm good at that too, but I think it's hard uh uh you know when you when you get a partner that you really love dancing with and then you get really bad music and it's mm-hmm. hard to make things you know happen or or get excited about connecting with the person because the music doesn't move you or right. you know it doesn't get in your soul and you're like oh god I can't wait to like just do a walk to this because they're there are songs that come on and I'm like, oh my God, I just can't wait to walk and triple to this. Like, I don't care about anything else. Mm-hmm. And when the song doesn't even make you want to do that, I'm like, like somebody shoot me and put me out of my misery, <laughs> you know? And I feel like the audience feels like that too. They're like, ah, oh God, if you'd only gotten a good dance. Cause I, I, I feel like the audience always wants, especially the champions, they look forward to watching mm-hmm. the champions and when the champions get like challenging music, they're like, oh, now what? Right. You know, they, 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 and, th- and then they, they can't come on the journey with us because we can't take them on the journey because the music doesn't make us want to bring them on uh, the journey. And yet we still have to find a way to make that happen. Yeah. It, it's like, it's, it's so much pressure. I, I wish, I, I kind of wish um, sometimes the dancing was like cooking. Because cooking, not baking, right? Cooking, um, a dash of this, a dab of that. It's never wrong, right? It always comes out great if you just have the right intent and you make it, you know, with love. And I feel like sometimes when we're doing West Coast Swing competition, it's like baking. If you don't put the exact amount of baking mm. soda. And the exact amount of this and the, and the stars didn't align, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then it's like a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's it's funny you use that analogy because I, I do kind of think the cooking is is a really good analogy for what, what mm-hmm. we do is like we're trying to create something as we go along. So we're adapting and we're trying. I think some people are just like, you know what we need? We need four cups of salt. That's what we need. Perfect. Four cups of salt. And they'll throw all that salt in and the audience goes, whoa, you know, and it's like, 
I feel like things don't turn out great because they're not putting the right proportions in. Um, and that's not to say that that it needs to be an exact thing, but I feel like mm-hmm. when you're cooking, it's about balance and variety. Right. right. So you're trying to get a little savory, a little sweet, a little acid, mm-hmm. right? And and in right. small, moderate amounts. And I feel like what the audience expects is like, I want you to blow away all of my senses with all all the ingredients. Right. It's all like, you time. know, it's Rachel and her trifle. Like, <laughs> I want you to give me the, the cream and the fruit and the meat. And you're like, that's disgusting. I do mm-hmm. not want all of these in one trifle. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I I think it is challenging in those circumstances. And I'm totally music dependent, uh, music dependent too. Uh, but it's yeah. challenging in those circumstances to to create that. Um, let me ask you this. Yeah. What do you look for in a leader? Whether it's in competition or social dancing, like what what makes for a good leader for you? Qualities, skills, attributes? Well, that's a good question. Yes, it is. But for but for me, a, a good leader is someone that's present mm-hmm. um, and remembers that I'm on the other end of his hand, right? Because uh, I, I do find that there are a lot of um, uh, leaders that uh, how do I say this? Um, like they they take you they take you on on the train. But they don't hold your hand and bring you on the train. They wait till the train, you know, starts going and then they run on the train like, hey, come on, hurry up, get on the train with me. Let's go. <laughs> That's what I feel like sometimes. Right. And I'm like, wait, you didn't wait for me. Like you didn't bring me on, you know, the journey uh, with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think another thing that I think is important about uh, a leader is like him recognizing that I might have a better idea. Mm-hmm you know, than he does. And I think uh, there are some leaders who just, they want to lead every little thing. And to me, that's like having a really one-sided conversation. Right. Um, I'm very uh, giving in, in my partnership when I have a leader and I, I would like the leaders to be a little bit more giving. Yes. And you know, you and I have talked about this before, but I know when I was, learning to dance in my first early years, we like we collectively in the community, I feel like we used to talk more about looking at leaders to kind of, I, I remember we used to talk about percentages, like mm-hmm. this leader, like there are some leaders who like lead a hundred percent of the time. They're just, they are constantly right. actively leading you. Mm-hmm. Um, there are leaders who are more like, 50, 60% of the time active lead. And then a lot of it's passive leading where it's, Mm -hmm. they're looking at their follower and seeing Mm -hmm. what they're doing and working off of it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, and then everything in between. Um, right. And I remember looking at like Jordan and Kyle and at the time, Jason and Mario and angel and like looking at them and kind of looking at their approach to leading because there is a wide variety. Sure. When also, when I started this dance, I remember it being called the followers dance. Because relative to a lot of other, uh, relative to a lot of other lead follow dances, followers had a much bigger say in this dance, uh, in terms of expression and how they could influence the dance. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right. 
So it wasn't supposed to be the leader just speaks and the follower just listens. It was mm-hmm. supposed to be a back and forth. We talked about a conversation, which I want to get back to with you right. a bit. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, so opening up those opportunities to do the listening, right? You said you lead the way you would want to be led as a follower. Right. Where there are windows for you to express yourself and contribute ideas so that it's mm-hmm. not a one-sided conversation. Right. Um, and I think it's really important for leaders to be mindful of their approach to leading and how they mix up different leads. This weekend at Capital Swing, I did the musicality masterclass with Maxime and Tori, which was mm-hmm. fantastic. Right. But one of the great things that Maxime talked about with us, and I've heard other people talk about it before in different right. ways, but he talked about how he has kind of his baseline leading, which is kind of passive, right? Like he's doing like a basic pass. He just, mm-hmm. he gives you the suggestion of the pass. Mm-hmm. He's there and present with you, but he doesn't, he doesn't control every step. You're both free to express within that shape. Yeah. Doesn't he talk about the yes, no, maybe he says something that when he's leading, I forget. Keep going. <laughs> I don't know. He me. didn't in this class. Yeah. So he talked about um, passive lead. He talked about an invitation where he gives the follower the moment to express and see right. what he or she has to do. And then he talks about active lead where he's like, okay, we are going to do this now. And he like right. steps in and kind of dictates what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and thinking about how to move between those because, and Tori chimed in too, and she's like, any good dance is going to be a mixture of those three. There are going to be moments where the leader will assert him or herself mm-hmm. and say, this is what we're doing now. There's going to be times where you're free to express within it. And there are going to be times where you offer the opportunity to your follower to see what they have to say. And again, to your point, it's just like a conversation. Mm-hmm. There are going to be times where I'm going to say, Hey, I want to talk about this thing and direct mm-hmm. the conversation there. There are going to be times where I ask a question mm-hmm. and see what your response is. And there are other times where we're just going to like this conversation itself, just kind of share ideas and see what happens. Right. But I think sometimes people gear their dances the way they have conversations in life, which is not always such a good idea. Sure. There are, <laughs> yes. you know, there, there, yeah, there are. And, and I say often too, like I can, I can see how, in someone's dancing, how they are, if they were going to have a conversation in life, because they continually mm. lead that way all the time. I never see them have the, you know, I'm going to talk and, She's going to listen and then maybe she's going to respond and maybe we'll talk together. I don't see that. Um, and that's the frustration I think that I have when I'm, when I like, like I love my all stars, but I want to slap them. <laughs> Why is that? Say more. Be- because I feel like they always come from an adversarial, mm. you know, uh, place. I even talked to the masters um, about that because I taught a master's workshop at Capitol, you know, and I tried to explain to them that, you cannot come from an adversarial place when you're getting ready to dance in a strictly swing or, or, or a Jack and Jill. You have to come from a place of, wow, I can't wait to see what we do together. What's going to happen? Right. You know? And I think more often than not that, you know, the all stars and the masters, they're just like, they want to get what they want to get in as opposed to it's, it's like the saying, like um, some people uh, talk for a response and other people talk to be heard. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes the dance reflects that. Yeah. So I get frustrated. Sorry, all stars. I love you, <laughs> but it's not like I haven't told you this to your faces. 
Yeah. Cause well, I have, and it came up this weekend. I was talking with a couple of people and then again, actually came up twice this weekend with, uh, Robert Royston. Mm-hmm. Where we were talking about dance turbation, <laughs> like where you get out there oh God, and yes. it's all for you. It's mm-hmm. all for you. And mm-hmm. you know, when I mentioned dance Tourette's and dance turbation, um, that happens with both leaders and followers, right? So sure. like leaders Absolutely. can all of a sudden just throw a lead at you all of a sudden. You're like, what the heck was that? Um, the same way that a follower can just kind of throw something at a leader. And then dance turbation, it's the same thing. Like, like you said, you as a follower, you want a leader who is present, but also acknowledges that you're there, right? right. That, that it's a, there's a back and forth. And there are times where leaders will be self ingratiating. And there are times right. where followers will do that. Where follower, like there have been times in my head where I just kind of want to be like, hang on a sec and get a, get a broom and just be like, here, hold on to that. I'm going to go <laughs> sit down. Like I'm not needed for this conversation. I feel that way as a follower too. Yeah. It goes both ways. Um, and for me, you know, in terms of what I want from a follower, it's very similar. And mm-hmm. I want a follower who's present. I want a follower who is paying attention and listening. I do also want a follower who isn't afraid to respond or contribute right. ideas. And mm-hmm. that's partly because I, as a leader, bore myself to death because <laughs> I'm like dancing the same 10 things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have like all of our our memory. And then we have like our working memory. Right. And I feel like leaders have like, okay, there's basics. So if we take Mm -hmm. basics out of the picture, then we have like our six moves Mm -hmm. of the month and we can replace that one, those six moves, but like, that's it. And I I want to create something and get a response from my follower that I can work with and build off of. And when Mm -hmm. followers are able to contribute in a constructive way, right. Not a detractive way, right. Where they're like Mm -hmm. adding and not, taking away from what mm-hmm. we're doing. Um, it's great. And that's where we get the back and forth. You know, I, I use that same conversation analogy in class and I tell my followers, you know, we, we talk about hijacking in the dance. Um, right. I actually just came from an interview where I had to talk about amygdala hijacking. Uh, why I had to talk about that is a whole other conversation. But um, I use the same joke that I use in my classes, which is like, nobody came off of a plane and said, my flight was great. We were hijacked today. Yeah. <laughs> How was your drive home? It was great. We got carjacked. carjacked. Nobody says that. Like the idea mm-hmm. of hijacking is not a good thing. And no, it kind of bugs me when people teach things and label it hijacking, even if I that's agree. not exactly what they're doing. Because to me, hijacking is when you, you take over control and you redirect things. And you deliberately, you deliberately, um, take control away. Yes. Deliberately. You usurp what's happening and yes. you do your own thing with it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I teach my followers, I say, look, I don't want to say, hey, how was your day? And you go chocolate, because that's just <laughs> like, you're hijacking the conversation, plus it's dance threats. But um, right. I want you to build off of what's already happening. And all of the best followers, mm-hmm. yourself included, mm-hmm. um, I often refer to Tatiana and this one dance I had with her, it was just so clear of what she was doing. And I also use Tatiana, because I think a lot of followers or a lot of try to emulate novels. her and yeah. not her. Right. And they yeah. think what she's doing is just throwing everything and everything out there. But and they don't not. realize, no, she's totally no. communicating all of that intention yes. to her leader uh, and working off of what she gives or yes. what he gives her. And that and, you're, you're so right about that. I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt you yeah. because I, I want the audience to understand that. Um, when watching the champions, try not to 
take out of context what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and if you, if you, if you don't know what we're doing, then ask and we'll help you achieve, you know, what we're doing, because then you try to do what we do in competition and it miserably fails. Right. Yeah. Which gets back to your whole point of you can't just watch dancing and learn it. No, right. Yeah. Because there's great. so much that's happening. Like I can watch Tatiana and see whatever she does a spin to a drop to a flip. Right. But what I'm not realizing is what she's telling her partner through feeling. Right. Which is the key. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, so I talked to my followers about like, you should not be hijacking in that you should not be ignoring the leader's intent. Mm-hmm. I use the analogy of um, commander's intent. Do you know what that is from like the military? Not that I'm military uh, no. at all, and I'm sure somebody from the military is listening is going to correct me, and uh, please do. <laughs> but I read about, um, I was reading about organizations and teamwork right. and how the general, you know, won't tell every single battalion and every single captain what to do. They give them the big picture of like, we need to take that hill. That's mm-hmm. it. And then you, you send figure your soldiers out. out to figure out the strategy and they'll, each mm-hmm. of the battalions will take a different approach or, or work in concert to take cool. that hill. That makes sense. Makes right. N- so that's not micromanaging. Right. So the commander will give the, the big picture goal and that's the intent. Mm-hmm. And so I tell my followers, I'm like, pay attention to the leader's intent. If the leader's leading you down the left side in an inside turn, acknowledge that intent. Don't try right. to do a right turn or not right. go to the other end of the slot. Right. Like acknowledge the general principle of what they're offering. And then can you, can you determine how that's executed? Absolutely. Um, then, then you're not hijacking to me is hijacking is the leader had an intention and you said, screw you. I got something else. I'm doing this. Yeah. Right. No, I totally Which agree. Which feels that. very disrespectful as a leader. Mm-hmm. It, it just does. Like what? My idea wasn't good enough. You couldn't work with an inside turn and make that magic. Yeah. Um, like. <laughs> So, I mean, and we, sh- and we should also recognize that not to be confused with, there are times when you are following a leader and he's off time. So you increase the connection sure. and say, Hey, listen, wait a minute. Let me get you back on time. Cause I always say it's very mean to let your partner dance off time. It's true. You should, you should help each other. Yes. Um, so that's, that's a different way of taking control that's needed. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. I think I'm thinking more of like, once a movement is defined of acknowledging that movement, that shape and going with it. Um, Mm -hmm. But you're absolutely right. There are times where we have to step in to course correct. Right. So that when we do that shape, we're doing it on time um, or with, you know, integrity of our Mm -hmm. dance. Um, But it, it can be hard to find that balance. And, you know, yes, there's some followers who don't talk at all and, and just do everything the leader says. And mm-hmm. there are other followers who ignore intent and somewhere in between is the sweet spot <laughs> and it'll vary leader to leader. And I think leaders do the same. I mean, for sure. Right. You know, are, are leaders shooting down every idea that the follower has, or are they responding right. to them? Like a leader presents a follower presents something and there are some leaders who just breeze by it. And then the follower mm-hmm. doesn't feel validated or acknowledged. Right. Um, like what's wrong with my idea? Mm-hmm. You know, the same feeling. It's disrespect. Like if you threw out an idea here and I just ignored it. Right. And just moved on. Then what kind of conversation is that? By the way, I think it's so funny that you look at people and you're like, that's the way they talk. Because let's face it, Deborah, that's not what we think. We think that's what? the way they are in bed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> yes, that 
that too. Uh huh. No, the fortune cookie effect. Just add in bed to the end of that. Yeah, yeah, totally. He leads really rough in bed. Oh boy. She only follows in bed. Right, 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 right. Oh my goodness. We're starting a new hashtag. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We've already had two. Now this is good. I, I, you know, (laughs) but I think it's both. I mean, there's there's an all star leader. I'm not going to mention his name. But uh, he's always ahead of the music. Um, he's always uh, leading every single thing. He, mm-hmm. I feel like he's constantly screaming um, at the follower. And he makes the finals a lot. Mm. And I don't understand why. Can you explain? Can, can you think of reasons of why he might like what might be appealing about his dance to judges no (laughs) (laughs) um well here's the thing if he's controlling Mm -hmm. but he's delivering on music Mm -hmm. then i can see judges looking and being like because you're only watching somebody for five six seconds so in that moment they may be like oh he was actively leading and putting her in a position to hit the music well done without looking at the bigger picture of like, oh, he's actually actively leading the whole time and being controlling, or he's not responsive to his follower. So I could see that being one. If he moves well, some judges are just like, well, I like the way he moves. Check. And they ignore the partnership piece. Um, so I could see that happening too. I mean, that's the thing. And, you know, we've talked about judging and how the criteria aren't well-defined and not everybody's seeing the whole picture. I actually, I mean, I I get that question all the time, um, not to go into the judging conversation, but I do get the question of, especially from followers, when they're like, if the leader is leading me off time, am I going to be penalized because you're only looking at followers? And I look at the follower and I see her off time. I will watch for like another five seconds to see, to assess whether it's her or him. And if she tries, if she gets back on time. Absolutely. So I can't speak for every judge. But I will say to people listening, like, there are judges who will look for that, who mm-hmm. won't fault you if it's your leader's fault, um, mm-hmm. or vice versa. I mean, I just danced with people this weekend where they were off time, um, mm-hmm. where, you know, live mm-hmm. tuna, like, get it back in the water, get it back in the water. Um, so, and I do my best to, like, create structure and timing for the partner, mm-hmm. right? But um, I would hope a judge watching me would look at me creating that structure. Right. And recognize that I'm doing my best to keep my follower on time. I think, should I say this? Yes. It's the naked truth. Just like you tell all our guests. (laughs) I think, I think there are judges out there, um, that really, that really can't verbalize why they judged where they judged and what they are actually judging. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can't do that, then you shouldn't be judging. I would agree. Um, that was the basis of my training under uh, Angel's tutelage. I apprenticed with him a few times. Mm-hmm. And his thing was always, look, I don't care what your scores are at the end of the day. Like, I don't care if you're if you predicted the winners even. Um, though granted, if you're really far off, then we need to have a conversation about like what right. you're seeing. But he's like, at the end of the day, I need you to be able to, to articulate why you place people where you place them. Right. 
there should be a rationale. And ideally that rationale is not because that person was cute or I didn't like his shirt or, mm-hmm. you know, something that isn't relevant where I, where, to the, where, the criteria. Where I had her judges say, um, I didn't like her facial expressions or I wasn't happy with, um, you know, what she was wearing. The only time you can't be happy with what he or she is wearing is if it was distracting to the dance. Mm -hmm. Other than that, you know, I don't know. That's just a whole other conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Which we've had. Um, Yeah, we have had it. Anyway, let me ask you before we move on. I want to get your take on what you want for followers. What, what do you want? What do you think is a good follower and what do you teach people? Um, how do you teach people to be a good follower? Um, well, first I tell, I talk to them about where they should be looking at their partner. Cause there are a lot of followers who look at their partners, uh, in the face and mm-hmm. that's just not where you like, if I'm talking to you verbally, you look at me in the face so you right. can see my facial expressions and all that. But I often, um, correlate dancing with being an athlete with an opponent and if I'm at the net and I'm playing volleyball, I'm not looking at my opponent's face. I'm looking at my opponent's body. So when I see her jump up for the spike, I can jump up and block the ball. Same thing with basketball. I look at my partner's you know, center so I can grab the ball mm-hmm. uh, if I need to. So I tell my followers that I keep my head up and I scan with my eyes and I look at my partner's you know, center so that I can not only see the top half of his body, but I can see the bottom half of his body. I can see where his feet are going, direction, all that. And also like my head can go one way while my body goes the other way. So I'm not really looking at the face. And I often tell them I still scan up with my eyes to acknowledge and smile at them Mm -hmm. to let them know, you know, I'm I'm always smiling, but I make the eye contact to let them know, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm always present. I'm not just like staring at their chest the whole time and not, you know, um, yeah, I think attention. I, I tell my followers the same thing of like looking at the collarbone mm-hmm. or the chest or something that mm-hmm. will signal what the body's doing. And I always get that question. I'm glad you just said that. Cause I always get the question, but like, don't I ever look at him? Isn't it like cold if I never look at his face? And I'm like, there are plenty of times where I look at the leader to communicate. Right. So I'll look at the leader, like you said, to acknowledge and affirm. Right. I will look at the mm-hmm. leader to get his attention. If I want to take a moment or I have an idea. Mm-hmm. And if we are, if we are actively participating in the dance where you are mm-hmm. acknowledging your partner or you are contributing ideas, then there's going to be plenty of time where you are making eye contact, sure. but it's with intent. Right. I always say like, if I want something to happen, I make sure I make eye contact first. Mm-hmm. So he knows, pay, you know, pay attention. Yes. Um, the other thing that I think is about following really well, and, and you know, this may just be my thing, or whatever. I'm a firm believer of, you know, keeping your feet connected to the ground. You know, people love to pick up their feet, which means now I can't feel my partner's weight transfer. Mm -hmm. And the ideal situation is for both of us to transfer weight at the same rate. That's the ideal situation. And if you're constantly lifting your feet up off the ground, then your leader can't feel, you know, are you are you on your right side? Are you on your left, you know, side? Um, So I talk about that um, with my followers. You know, following is all about physical connection and visual connection and and even sometimes verbal connection like sugar push <laughs> you know right. it happens sometimes uh um and i i say too you know in order to be a, a a good west coast swing dancer i think you should have the ability to check your ego at the door 
because it's about the two of you, not just one of you. Right. You know? So we've talked about, we've kind of skirted around this idea of, of partnership. Mm-hmm. But what for you is the right balance or mix or even just range of possibilities within the partnership? How do you talk about the partnership when you are talking to students? And you just did well, it this Friday, so I have some notes. <laughs> well, I'm a firm believer that the leader is the leader and the follower is the follower, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but that doesn't mean that the follower can't um, put a little bit of her own seasoning into um, the partnership. She just has she has to do it at the right time without mm-hmm. taking over. Um, I also believe that the leader shouldn't be dictating, you know, a hundred percent, you know, of the dance because then it's just him talking at her as opposed to him making a statement so that she could respond right. to it. So I feel like it's kind of like what Maxime and Tori said. It's a combination of, you know, of three things. Usually a good dance is a combination of those three uh, things. And when it's not a good dance, it usually means that one of those things was missing. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so also intent, like, you know, when I go into my Jack and Joel strictly swing, you know, my intent is always to have a good dance, but really like to pay attention to my leader. Like I want to see how well I can follow. So that's what I tell my followers. I'm like, you know, you want to see how well you can, so to speak, like read his mind. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause that's kind of like what we're doing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, people can't, d- don't realize how unbelievably incredible it is that two people, you know, can dance together on the dance floor and, and make things happen without verbally saying a word right. to one another. I mean, it's genius how mm-hmm. this happens, you know, and those magical moments happen and every, and now the audience goes, you know, crazy. So to me, that's the, that's, that's the key to being a good follower and a good leader, having those three things, paying attention, intent, um, and checking your ego at the door. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, you used the analogy this weekend and we used it here of dance as a conversation. Right. And that back and forth, which honestly, I feel like I used to hear more of that analogy. Oh, you think it's not said a lot now? Maybe not what as is much. Said? And what is said? If that's not said, what is I, said? I don't know. Oh. Um, I mean, we talk about partnership and engaging mm-hmm. the partner. I I don't know. Just personally, I just don't feel like I've heard it as much mm. um, as I used to. Um, you know, like you said, I say similar thing to my students. I'm like, look, you want to dance by yourself? Awesome. Go to a club. Go with your right. friends dance by yourself but this is partner dancing and success means that both of us have a good time that both of us are engaged both of us get to express ourselves to the music Mm -hmm. within the bounds of our roles of lead and follow right right like we're assuming those roles um and so for me as a leader like successful partnership is my partner's engaged and for me as a follower successful partnership my partner's engaged <laughs> like right. we have that back and forth the give and take the leader sets something up i embellish it ideally in a way that like feeds into you know gives an idea that affects the next thing it's cause and effect mm-hmm. so i lead as a leader i set something up in a way sometimes as an invitation where it's a question mark mm-hmm. sometimes in a way where it's just an open ended statement and other times where it's like an affirmative statement 
But in all those cases, I'm hoping to provoke a response from my follower um, Mm -hmm. that then I feed off of. So then they say something, they put forth a statement, and then I work with that. Um, Even if it's just like, if I do an active lead and I set them up for something, if I get the like, you know, you look at me and smile and I'm like, okay, cool. Right. That was right on. Then I take that feedback and then I'll feed it into what I'm doing. Something else. Even if you don't like do something, if that makes sense. Yeah, Other totally. times I do an invitation and you'll actually do something. You'll do a shoulder shrug and I'll be like, cool, I'm going to wrap that in somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, or she's dancing to the lyrics. So then I try to work with it. Um, right. But we have that back and forth, that give and take. Um, the other two analogies that I used to hear all the time when I started dancing, one was she's the flower, you're the stem. Oh, I heard she's the picture, you're the frame. That's the other one that I have. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So like our goal is to kind of present the follower Mm -hmm. and offer those opportunities that it's not, Mm -hmm. like you said, dance is not, partner dancing is not about ego and selfishness. It's a we thing, not an I thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I used to, yeah, it's just analogies that I used to hear a lot that really affected how I think about the dance, how I think about that partnership, that give and take. Right. I think also it's, it's, um, this, cause this happened in, my master's workshop, you know, when I'm teaching a workshop and I'm demonstrating something, sometimes I'll grab someone out of the class and make them come up and lead me or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And I was, I was showing something that I wanted the followers to do during this basic. And as I was doing it, the leader that was leading me started doing it with me. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> I said, what are you doing? I said, don't steal my thunder. Right. So that, that's something that, uh, that aggravates me a little bit. Like, uh, there are leaders that I'll do something and then they'll mimic me after that. And now you've just taken away mm. my moment. Right. Now, are there times when that's, you know, accepted? Like, I'll be like, oh, great. Yes, you should have done that right, right after response. me. Right, exactly. But sometimes um, I feel like it, it shouldn't have been done. And I feel that there are a lot of leaders that do that a lot. They just yes. steal the thunder away from the follower. and And that makes me mad. So the follower equivalent of that, because it happens all the time, yes, is, you know, I do something to the music and then they just do the same thing. Like, they mm-hmm. they just do it. It's as if everything I say, they're just repeating back. Right. Like a parrot. Right. Like a parrot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it becomes annoying. You're like, stop it. And it's one thing to to i was talking with um robert royston this weekend about callbacks and it's one thing to hit something in the music and then you hear the same thing in the music and do the same thing they did to that same piece of music right right so you're acknowledging oh i heard you did that thing to the music now i'm going to do it and another just like oh well they did a shoulder roll and i'm i'm going to do a shoulder roll and it has no connection to the music right right and it's like what, what are you what are you doing um, the other thing I tell my followers in class is I want you to follow the lead, not the leader. Um, at least while you're working on your following, by which I mean, I want you to pay attention to what is actually being communicated to you, not what the leader's doing. Because like me as a leader, I will often move across the slot to set up the next thing, mm-hmm. right? As an example. So if I like do something that puts me on the left side of the slot, I'm setting you up for a right side something. Mm-hmm. And if the follower is like, following me and they go left too well like they're constantly getting in the way of me setting stuff up i'm like but my lead said stay there while i go left 
and you came anyway. Like, it's I think a lot of followers rely on the visual of what is the leader doing, and they try to copy it. And I'm like, that's not always the case. Sometimes my lead is saying, just hang out. I'm going to do something to set up. Right. John Festa has a very good saying, which I use a lot in class. Uh, a good follower follows rhythm, not pattern. Mm. So what's my what's the rhythm he's giving me to move mm-hmm. down uh, the slot? Not uh, is he transferring to his right leg, so I'm going to go to, to in, on the same side. I have to feel right. the rhythm of what he's doing with me to bring me down yeah. um, the slot. So that's a good way of thinking about it. Good follower follows rhythm, not pattern. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I see the same thing in followers where they they mimic, they like visually copy. What is he doing? What is he doing? What is he doing? And they're like, doing everything, everything. I got to do that. I got to do that too. And I'm like, oh my God, just, okay. Um, yeah. It's like having a like over eager puppy and you're like, you're so sweet. Just stop. Just stop. I appreciate that you want to do everything I'm doing, but like. Have no. your own thought. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, life lesson number 39, take care of yourself so that right. you can be a better partner. Right. Yeah. I think also too, like, you know, <clears throat> we have to think about, we say the word partner, right? But, you know, you could be a partner in a company and be a silent partner, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And you don't want, you don't want to be that kind of partner. You can also be a partner, uh, in a company and, and be a demanding, you know, uh, overpowering, um, um, uh, partner, and that's not the type of partner right. uh, you want. You want partners where we work together. Right. As uh, you know, you say something, I say something, and sometimes we'll say something together. That's the difference between dancing together and having a conversation. You can't speak together right. when you're talking, but dancing, you can totally do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I often think of partnership in the same context of like organizations and businesses. Um, And, you know, you've said this before that like the roles are not equal, but they're equitable. Right. Right. Like they're different, they're different roles. So, and that's, that's actually like when you're looking at businesses or companies or teams in the workplace, that's actually often what works best is people who are different in their roles, but they work together so that they each bring something to the table. Right. Um, so it's it's the same situation here. We're like, yeah, we have different roles in the dance, but that's that's we're both bringing different strengths, and that's what's going to make us have a successful partnership. Right. There's no I in the word team. I know there's me, but that doesn't count. Well, there's M. <laughs> right. Am. There's also Am. Am. There's also T. So we shouldn't be having coffee. Right. Right. <laughs> Wordplay. Um, so let me ask you this. Because we've talked a lot about different ways of thinking about the roles and the partnership. And we've sort of hinted at things that we're seeing that we don't like. How have you seen partnership in our dance evolve over time? Um, that's a good question. Only because I... <clears throat> For me, like, I don't feel like my role has really changed that much as a follower. Uh, I do feel that in general, the dance has become more athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that followers have become more athletic in, uh, in their role. Sure. Um, 
I do believe followers, um, they're more aggressive these days mm -hmm. in, in their follow. Uh, whereas I feel like when I first started, like the followers were, you know, and when I say aggressive, I mean like, um, they don't really wait for the opportunity. They just take over mm -hmm. the opportunity. I find that happens a lot now. Um, where when I first started, it wasn't like that. Uh, and I, and I think also too, uh, part of the problem, not that it's a problem, but music dictates things and our, our, our music has changed. Um, and I, and I, I do believe pendulum always swings back and comes back to center. Things come full, uh, circle. And I, I think followers right now, uh, because there's so much, uh, like lyrical stuff that we're dancing to, right. which is, which is more of a kind of a follower based kind of movement. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think that's why followers do more talking or taking over. Um, but I think things will come back, you know, like I said, to, to center. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not mad about it. Uh, you know, um, I, I'm just a different type of follower. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, can you say more about what you mean when you say lyrical is more of a follower type of movement? <clears throat> well, I find that, you know, followers are the ones that often try to interpret the words, not, not to say that the males don't, you sure. know, with their, with their bodies and stuff, but the, the male is more thinking about like what pattern he's going to do, mm -hmm. you know, next and all that stuff where a follower can just kind of be, you know, free with her movement. Sure. So as she's passing through something, she can, you know, accent a word or something much easier than a male can. Not that a male can't. And that's what I mean about lyrical, okay. um, <clears throat> like charades. Yeah. All right. Well, and I <laughs> yeah. would agree with that. I mean, I often, when I talk about musicality to my leaders, I talk about how they kind of have three modes of musicality of you can do a pattern where you move your follower and create a shape that fits the music. You can do partnered musicality, like create a little moment with you and your partner together, and you can dance by yourselves. Right. And followers don't have the pattern option. No. Nope. You don't create patterns. Nope. So you're either dancing, like shaping, like you said, with your body to what you're hearing. Mm -hmm. Like if that part of your brain is freed up, because you don't have to worry about the right. pattern to right. focus on dancing to the lyrics. Mm -hmm. Um with your own body. There's a lot more time spent on that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's not that leaders can't uh, do that. It's just more sure. often than followers do. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, would you agree with the statement that the dance has gotten more selfish or self-oriented? Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. And yes. <laughs> and I think, <laughs> um, could I be more adamant about it? Uh, Yes. And I think it's partially because of where we are in like society. I feel like society has gotten selfish. Mm -hmm. So I, I, me, 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 right. You know, and it's kind of trickling into our dance. And I think we've discussed this before. I forget on what, in which podcast. Um, but I do feel it's a little selfish right. and that doesn't make me happy at all. Yeah. How much of that do you think is driven? Like I know, Robert talks about how the change in competitions has driven some sure. of that, like the structure of prelims and how you're judged and yeah. the idea that, you know, what he calls self-preservation, like you have to save yourself to make it into finals. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I do, I do believe that competition is one of the culprits of, you know, where the, <clears throat> excuse me, where the dance, um, has gone. But you know, what's, what's interesting to me is that, and maybe this is just because this is part of my personality. Um, I, I'm never of the school of save yourself. I'm like, I want to save my partner too. Mm-hmm. You know, I want us to work. I want us to do this together. Um, so again, I think that's a character flaw too, partially. But yes. not just, yes, not just, you know, that competition's made, you know, people like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I think it's a choice. You know, yes. we're not, we're not, we're not like, um, in a nuclear holocaust and you're just like, you know, trying self-preservation, trying just to save, you know, yourself. This is, this is a dance. I mean, you know, you can save the person with you. It'd be nice. (laughs) It's not a George Costanza at a birthday party. Right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So far we've made two TV show references. I I wonder if anyone picks up on which TVs. Right. I'll have to put a link in the footnotes to both of those clips. Um. Yes, I I think part of the challenge is the deviation between competition and social dancing, right? And like mm-hmm. just the nature of competitions. A lot of the focus, if you're training as a competitor, there's a lot of focus on like what you can do to show yourself well. Mm-hmm. That that can be different than what you're saying. Uh, show mm-hmm. us well, right? It's just a different mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, ideally you're doing both because let's be honest, the people who are great at self-preservation who make it into finals don't often partner well. Right. And this is a partnership. Right. So you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I got this, you know, kind of getting back to the all-star you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Like maybe he looks good and he can be musical, but if he can't partner well and I mm-hmm. put him on the dance floor with somebody else and only them and we're all watching, mm-hmm. odds are not good that it's no. going to work. Right. So I think I think people need to look. I'm I'm not saying that um, you shouldn't be serious about your competitions and mm-hmm. you know try to do as well uh, you know as possible because of course, and like I said, nobody enters a competition to be last. Um, but I I don't believe that you should uh, leave no man behind. That's right. how I feel. Right. Leave no man behind. That's how I feel we should be. Leave no man behind. Mm-hmm. And I feel like some people leave people behind. And mm-hmm. and um and it, it makes for it makes for an uncomfortable dance to watch when that happens. Yes. Um but also makes for an uncom- uncomfortable dance to do when you're in that position and you're dancing with that person. You're like, "Ugh." For sure. Like, "Hello. <laughs> I'm over here." <laughs> right. I'd really like to connect with you. That thing you're holding the hand of, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it yeah. kind of feels like that. Um, have you ever seen that, that, uh, that freeway sign where it's, it's only in California and it's the, it's the, it's the mom and the dad. And then the kid it's on a green triangle and the kids like they're running across and you could see the kid's feet like off the ground because they're pulling. <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah. It's for Mexicans crossing Okay, to try to pe- tell people to like slow down. Right. And that's what I feel like. Sometimes I feel like it's, it's them pulling the kid and the kids, you know, feet are dangling in the air. <laughs> right. It's like, wait for me. 
<laughs> That's what I feel like sometimes the dance turns out to be. Yeah. So let me ask you this too, because um, it's been on my own mind thinking about it. So much of partnership is grounded in trust, right? Yes. So you <laughs> want to be able to trust your leader, that mm -hmm. your leader is going to listen, that your leader is going to be present, that your leader is going to create opportunities and moments for you and for both of you. And I, as a leader, want to know that you as a follower are going to fulfill your role, that you're going to fill the space and decorate it, mm -hmm. um, that you're going to listen, that you're going to be a respectful partner. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is often what's missing when people go into self-preservation. Like they don't trust their partner to deliver. And so they go into, well, I got to make stuff happen. Um, I got to make myself look good in competition. Um, I'm wondering one, what you think of if my hypothesis about that is right, but also how you think about developing and building trust within the partnership as a leader or a follower. Well, you know, I don't like, there's no, I feel like there's no like magic dust or magical potion on how uh, to do this. However, I do believe that the reason why um, like champions, we all trust each other, you know, on the dance floors. And we've talked about this before mm -hmm. is that we we connect off of the dance floor, right? We have conversations and we talk and we, we connect, um, which builds trust. Right. Um, you can't expect to dance well in competition. Now mm -hmm. dance well with someone that you don't connect off the dance floor with because you haven't built that, that trust. Right. Like for me, like social dancing is different because it's, there's no outcome except for, you know, let's have a good dance. Whereas in competition, the outcome is we have to have a good dance because we want to play. So we want to win. We want to get the audience involved. We want the judges to like us. You know, it's all these things <clears throat> that have to come together. Like I said, the planets, you know, having to align. Um, so where was I going with that? Building trust. No magic Building sauce. trust. Right. No magic sauce. Um, and I, and I, I, I mentioned this, this to the masters. I wrote on their Facebook page that, you know, they spend so much time being dispersed at an event and trying to dance with everyone else. And they don't connect with each other that when they, when they actually have their own competition and they dance with each other, it's like, it's like a train wreck because mm -hmm. they don't have trust with one another. Right. So I think, you know, building trust, off the dance floor is the only way you're going to gain trust on the dance floor. You know, having conversations and going to lunch together or having dinner together or taking class together or whatever. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think that's really important. I don't think it's the only way to build real trust on the dance floor. No, I think it's a, it's a good way though. I think it helps for sure. Absolutely. Um, well, what would you, how would you build trust? What would you do? I think there's aspects of the dance itself. So for instance, if I get a follower and we, we get onto the dance floor and we're in closed position and that follower doesn't put weight in my hand. You know, she doesn't trust you. Or I can't trust her to like fill space. Or, or it just means that she just doesn't really know how to connect well. Right. Because there, because there are followers, no matter what competition or social dancing leader too, that they don't weight you know they don't get weighted in their body they don't put their weight over one leg or the other and they just kind of like float above 
right. you know, the floor. So that doesn't necessarily mean that they don't trust you. Sometimes it means that they just don't have body awareness. Sure. But in terms mm -hmm. of me trusting my follower, right? Um, if a follower does connect and fill that space mm -hmm. and is responsive to me, like right off the bat, that helps build trust. Sure. I agree right? with that. Like the physical trust. Um, mm -hmm. If I set my follower up for something and she follows through on it, like she lets me finish that sentence, that thought, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it builds trust, right? Um, mm -hmm. As a follower, if my leader offers me an opportunity and or responds to what I offer in the dance, builds sure. trust, like, oh, my leader's paying attention to me. So I feel like there are things that we can do to build trust in the dance. But wouldn't um, you say that those are general... Um connection rules and dance rules in general like being weighted in 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 your in your partner's hand and the leader leads something and the follower follows through and follows that's what you should be doing sure and the right but there are plenty of leaders who like you pointed out earlier are just active leading the whole time so they never mm -hmm. give an opportunity for the follower to mm -hmm. say anything and that can erode trust if they miss mm -hmm. phrase changes the follower is not going to trust the leader to set them up for musical moments right. if the follower uh doesn't wait for the leader like there are plenty right. of followers in competition where you can just see it on their faces where they're like i got 90 seconds to make magic happen yeah i know <laughs> and you, you yeah, can see it in their true. eyes like yeah, and same with leaders like yeah. well i gotta make something happen totally. and so they don't they don't wait to see what their leader has to offer first before they jump in you know they well, don't give it like that first phrase to see what is actually happening or a leader same thing like they don't pay attention to their follower in that first phrase and be like oh maybe my follower has ideas well, and that erodes also, trust right and i think i think like it's the thing that i always talk about and um, in a lot of my classes on how I, like when the dance starts, what I do and mm -hmm. like, I first I make eye contact and I walk over to that partner and then I hug them and then I go into close position and then I make eye contact again to let them know I am here for you with you. Right. Um, where, where as opposed to like, I've seen followers, I talk about this also, like they get on the floor, boom, and they connect. And as soon as the music starts, they start moving. I'm like, wait a minute, what are you doing? Wait for him to move you. Why are you why are you starting the journey without him? Mm -hmm. Like wait for him. It aggravates me. <laughs> or or I find the leaders they as soon as the music starts, boom, they're out of the gates. Instead mm -hmm. of the music starts and like sway a little bit back and forth and make sure like she's with you. Yes, like connected. that she's connected to you. Right. Instead of like taking her on, like, again, like I said before, like running onto the train and being like, <laughs> Hey, hurry up. Come on. The train's leaving. Start running. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, that's what I feel like sometimes. Yes. So okay. I think all of those things that you teach in, in those workshops is like, is su super important for building trust on the dance floor. Right. Um, Cause a lot of people, especially, you know, the lower levels, novice, intermediate, you're probably still getting to know people. Um, you probably are right. encountering a lot of people you have sure. never met before. Absolutely. Um, and, and yes, is it super helpful to know them and trust them? Absolutely. We've all danced with friends and it's so yeah. much easier because mm -hmm. we know each other and we trust each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and yet I want people to know too, that like, there's a lot we can do on the dance floor to start establishing that partnership, you know, even just being patient at the beginning of the dance. So as a follower, you always say this, like, don't start dancing until your leader starts moving you. Right. See what the leader has to offer. Listen. Anyway, I think there's a lot that we can do to create that trust on the dance floor. And listening at the beginning mm -hmm. 
And that goes for leaders too. You know, some yeah. leaders are like, hey, the song started. I'm going to lead you in a double outside turn to a triple axle Lutz to a drop. Yeah. And you're like, what are you what? doing? Exactly. How are you building trust with your partner? How is your partner right. supposed to trust that you're going to take care of her and and set her up for musical moments in a way that that isn't going to cause panic? And I think also, too often you know, we, we put our partner into fight or flight mode. Oh, absolutely. Totally. That's a true statement. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I think too, it's like, you know, you have to recognize that just, just like me, like music naturally builds, mm-hmm. right? The music doesn't start right off the bat with like, bam, right? right? It's, you know, you know, there's an intro and then a chorus and blah, and, all, and all those things. And, and you have to do the same thing, yes. you know, in your dancing. And sometimes, like you said, you know, tri- triple Lutz, Axel, whatever. And you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yes You're, my hair's on fire slow down <laughs> right. you know um and yeah fight or flight mode for sure yeah and and, and i and i do understand that, that sometimes um that happens because uh people just aren't experienced in competition they're just nervous i get sure, that too, sure sure you know but there's something to be said about if you're nervous why not hang out for a minute and right. sway back and forth and like make eye contact and like build like this oh 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 Great. Hi. Nice to meet you. I'm nice to meet you, Deborah. Good. What's your name? Mark. Excellent. Come in. Oh, sway back and forth. Oh, great. Now we've had, you know, we've, I always say like, you know, dancing is like a three minute relationship. Right. Right. So like build the trust before so that you can have a really good, you know, trip or journey on, on, on this dance or relationship, whatever you want to call it. And in competition, wouldn't you rather go into competition with someone yes. and going solo. Like yes. of all the things I can't control and I can't control my partner, but if I know right. my partner's on my team, right? then even if I got like a crappy song, I know at least we're together sure. and we can try to make something happen. Teammates, not adversaries. Teammates, not adversaries. Stop yeah. being adversarial. <laughs> I'm not for ready people. Come on. Next time I'm going to bring my sword. <laughs> we'll have a sword fight. You want to be adversarial? Here, here are swords. Work it out <laughs> right. on the dance floor. Exactly. Work it out, people. Gladiator style. Exactly. <laughs> it's not Jack and Jill. It's Jack or Jill. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> one of us shall live, and the other shall not. <laughs> right. One by like fire, one by water. What? Mm-hmm. Um. So, here's another question too, because I know we have listeners of different levels. Right. of experience and skill. How do you take a, a student or a dancer through that journey as they develop? You know, where do you tell them to start and focus in, in becoming a good leader or follower? And how do you help develop them over time? Well, I mean, if I'm talking about a leader and he's, you know, just starting out, I mean, for me, the most important thing for the leader is to understand his basics and have good timing because if he's still worrying about that then it's going to be hard for him to lead mm-hmm. someone or she leads someone you know depending if it's a girl leading mm-hmm. uh, because they're still trying to focus on what they're doing and their timing right um so i so i tell you know leaders you got to have a good foundation of your basics and and i i often say like you don't need to know sixty five thousand patterns right it's a a good you know rule of thumb which Mario taught me is no six different sugar pushes six different underarm turns six different passes and six different whips and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. 
as a leader and, and what you do within those, you know, is what changes the dance. And as for a follower, um, obviously also understanding, um, your basics, but also having the ability to, to wait for the leader. Cause mm -hmm. you know, I think, uh, followers make the mistake of thinking just because we did six beats and right after that comes one or just right. because right after that comes one and i often ask in class you know what 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 when does the follower move forward and there's a lot of followers that answer on one and i go no when the leader leads you right that's when you move forward how do you know where one is right right the leader can do a push break and then kind of hang out for five beats six eight twelve beats if he wants to sway back and forth and then pull the follower you know forward mm -hmm. so don't assume that just because you did your six or eight beat pattern that one is coming. Yes. So hang ba hang back and wait for the leader um, to lead you. And you know, I know there's other like there's uh, lots of teachers who, you know, who teach you know so many so many things like musicality, this that, blah blah, blah and all that stuff. And, and really, I, I I'm a firm believer that you got to have really good basics and great timing, and then everything else will fall into place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Build. I mean, knowing how to connect. Mm -hmm. At that basic level and fulfill mm -hmm. your role. Um, right. one thing, by the way, on the, cause actually I had a note on this, um, is that idea of waiting. And mm -hmm. I've stopped telling my followers to wait in the sense that to me, waiting is passive. Mm. And so what I started telling my followers is that I don't want you to wait. I don't want you to go into neutral if you were driving stick shift. Like I don't want you to go into neutral. I want you to either reverse, you're filling the space or drive. Mm -hmm. And showing them how to continue because I feel like some followers, when they hear wait, they go to, they go to neutral or like they're no longer filling the space or they start coming forward. And I try to teach them to proactively like fill that space until the leader shifts gears and says, okay, now come forward. No, and I just tell them to stay an idol like a car. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, I don't turn my car off when I get to a red light. Right. You put the brake yeah. on, but you stay right. in gear. Right. And that's what yeah. I tell my followers. I'm like, the brake is on. The leader has said, don't move. But right. The engine is still like cranking in that, oh, with that correct. intent. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, totally. The other thing is that I always tell my students, look, partnership first. Mm -hmm. Cause you can be, again, you can be super musical, but if your partner is not a part of that, they're not having a good time and it's not a successful dance. A successful right. dance is both of us expressing the music together. So I tell them like, Hey, you can venture out and be musical, but if you find the partnership is suffering, like go back to home base, reestablish that partnership, make sure right. your partner is not lagging behind the train. Mm -hmm. So, um, for both leaders and followers. And I know I work with leaders, um, both in my own dancing, but also with students on setting up musical moments together like mm -hmm. that partnered musicality, like let's hit a phrase change together or let's like hang out and groove here together to the beat, whatever it is. And I'm starting to think more about how I don't, I see a lot of teachers teaching followers how to embellish and fill space. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've seen a lot of instruction around followers doing partnered musicality. And of course, I don't mean patterns, right? But like the follower initiating some movement that they do together. Hmm. 
I don't know that we teach followers enough. I'm sure there are people out there doing it. I do some of it too. And I teach followers like, Hey, if you want to hang out and groove with your partner, like here's how to communicate that. But mm -hmm. I feel like if we want followers, I mean, we need to teach leaders more how to do that stuff because they get lost in patterns and you know what I call right. um, energizer bunny dancing where they just keep going mm -hmm. and going and going. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yes. But I feel like we also need to give followers the tools they need to engage in partnered musicality, not just embellishing and, and decorating. Um, I feel like I teach that. Like I'll, I'll tell followers um, if I feel something coming up in the music and I, I know I have a great idea that I'll make eye contact with my partner first and, and then I'll increase my connection to let mm -hmm. him know, hey, it's my moment. Follow me. But that's Do what I say. Yes. Um, yes. And I think it has to be a, you know, what Royston would call like a come with me moment. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And it's great that you do that. I just don't feel like I hear that enough. enough. I think we teach followers because if you look at that kind of paradigm we set up earlier of the leader creates the space, the follower fills it and decorates it. Mm -hmm. um, that paradigm doesn't say that the leader or sorry that the follower it doesn't say anything about like the partnered musicality part of it inherently i think it's implicit but not explicit and i think we I think teach leaders just... how to set up things but we don't always teach followers how to set up partnered musicality mm. we show them how to communicate their intent of whatever it is they're going to do but to me that's different than actually getting your partner to do it with you mm. i don't know i'm going to I'm I'm have to think about workshops. this a little bit well, no, I'm going to have to think about that a little bit because when you say that, uh, that immediately puts me into the mindset of, well, now I'm, now I'm taking over and I'm leading and I don't want to do that. Correct. Correct. I think it needs to be like a balance of, I don't know. So the, the classic example that I teach my followers is leader gives you, um, I don't know, leader sends you out into an anchor mm -hmm. and you want to hang out for a few beats. And I usually teach them this just to get. To, to show followers how to introduce some breath into pattern oriented leaders. Mm -hmm. And I show them how to like connect with the leader, eye contact, connection through the hands to kind of just groove back and forth for a bit before saying, yeah. I'm done and ready. Now you can lead me. That's kind of like the two beat and four beat extensions that I do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you do that too. Right. Um, and I'm not saying that there's nobody teaching partnered musicality to followers. Mm -hmm. Um, I just feel like I'd like to see more of it. I'd like to see more followers kind of empowered with the tools to speak up in a way that isn't disruptive, that isn't gotcha. taking over the dance, but mm -hmm. is getting your leader to do what you want as opposed to just taking a moment for yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're mulling it to, over. <laughs> yeah, I am mulling it over. I'll have to think about that a little bit more. We could again, also a, it's a hard concept uh, for me because I'm such a follower. Yeah. But you know, I bet like you I do said, it. I mean, I know you do it. Unconsciously. Yeah. I was going to say, I bet you mm -hmm. do it sub like. Unconsciously. Unconsciously. Yeah. Hopefully yeah, subconsciously. I'm, and not unconsciously. No, I'm totally unconscious about it because if I've done it, I don't remember it at all. <laughs> yeah. Right. I feel like I just follow, but maybe. You know. That's the thing is I think, you know, it's exactly what you said. You have the foundation of partnership and communication such that like when I dance with you, I can feel what your body's doing. So okay, that right. if you slow down, I feel you slowing down. If you hang mm -hmm. out, I feel you hanging out. And then that like compels me to do the same thing. And that's again, why like you, I teach my students to get that connection 
Mm-hmm. If I can always feel where weight is, where it's going and how quickly, then right. there's nothing I can't communicate in the dance. Right. Well, I'm going to have to, you know, like I said, <laughs> now I'm going to, I'm going to go into people's classes and be like, Hey, what are they saying? What are they doing? Um, and it's not that we shouldn't be teaching styling and musicality and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we want to teach leaders and followers to do partnered musicality, then what does that mean? You know, what does that mean we have to do to, to get us there? I don't know. I think it's like whatever, like what Royston does, you know, how Royston makes the eye contact and then mm-hmm. he, he gestures with his head or how he right, looks with language. his body. But yeah, to, to do what he wants uh, you to do. And I think as followers, you know, we can do the same thing. Absolutely. And I think, yeah. And I think I've, I've talked about that um, in classes. Um, and uh, I think it needs to be something different. I don't think that followers don't do that. I Correct. think that I think that leaders just don't listen well enough when <laughs> followers do do it. That's possible. That's what I feel like happens a lot. Like the follower will be like, let's do this. And the leader's like, no, mm. we're going to do this and do it now. Right. Um, I think that's one of the problems that happens sometimes too. For sure. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And then I think what happens because, because that happens, um, followers end up shutting down and they're like, okay, well then I guess I'm not going to suggest anything. Right. Um, cause he's just not responding. Right. He doesn't want, doesn't want to respond. Yeah. And again, again, I call those dances write offs. Yeah. yeah. It's a write off. I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not right. gonna, it's, that's your character. It's who you are. I understand. I feel bad for you. Moving on next. Um, when I was learning to judge with angel, he used to call it checking out. Yeah. Like I can see the partner check out. Yeah. Um, I call it going to my happy place, but um, <laughs> like really, somebody goes to their happy place and they're having a Mai Tai instead of being in the dance and present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, whatever you got to do Corona. I don't, whatever you got to drink. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what, what do you think needs to shift? Cause we talked about the dance becoming more selfish. Um, what do you think needs to shift? To I get people back to that partnered musicality, we have to have more variety of music playing. I think that's <laughs> part of it. Yeah, I mean, we dance to music. We keep dancing to the same stuff. It's hard to uh, get motivated. It's hard to dance to other styles of music because we're just used to like one or two styles that are played. Um, I, I, and you know, I, I find it interesting that there are a lot of people that on their free time. They don't listen to music. Hmm. And I'm like, uh, what? Wait, what? I mean, I listen to music when I'm in the car. I listen to music when I'm in my hotel room, you know, getting ready for competition. I put music on. I, you know, there's always music, music. I just, I'm always listening to music. Right. Um, and there are people that just don't listen to it unless they're at, you know, dance events. And I, and I, that's hard for me to wrap my head around. <laughs> well, <laughs> I feel like knowing the music is important for developing your musical expression, your understanding of music so that you can bring it into the dance. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like being able to dance to a variety of music is necessarily going to improve partnership. Because I can be super musical in the dance and not involve my partner, but, oh, I know how to dance all these different kinds of music. I feel like knowing to dance to other different types of music gives you more tools um 
you can, you know, you know, you have with this type of music, you should do more footwork with that type of music. You should probably move your body more, you know, sure. with this type, with this type of music, I, you know, I might, you know, do some cool patterns and set the follower up to do something with me. I think like, I always say each genre of music constitutes a different type of movement. Sure. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So, so I, right. So I feel like if you're used to just dancing to one type, you know, of music, it, it, it doesn't open your creative juices because you're stuck in a box. Yes. That's all. Um, within a particular genre of music, how can one work on partnership? Because even within one genre of music, let's say I know how to dance that really well, I could still be the leader who leads 100% of the time and never gives my follower an opportunity. Right. Um, or the follower who overrides his leader all the time, her leader all the time. Well, I think it's making a conscious, um, a conscious decision to be part of the partnership. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that there's a lot of people who, you know, not knowingly, they're not really, they, they haven't really thought about it, but they, you know, subconsciously make a decision to, uh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take over this whole dance. It's all about me. Yeah. You know, and instead of like making the, you know, decisions to be like, oh, I can't wait to see like what we do together. That's basically how I approach, you know, all my dances are, you know, I can't wait to see you know, what we, what we can create together or how well I can, um, uh, read his mind, like almost nobody's going to do next. And, you know, that's the fun of this dance. Yeah. Uh, and, and quite honestly, like, you know, I come from solo dance training and, you know, if I want to dance by myself, then I'll go take a dance class. That's, you know, solo dance training i'm not going to dance by myself when there's a partner connected to me mm-hmm. it makes absolutely no sense right and why are you doing it i feel like there are people who watch dancing mm-hmm. like when we watch dancing i can watch one person do something cool mm-hmm. um, i mean i can watch the partnership do something cool together right but when i'm dancing with somebody more often than not the cool moments are when we're together right i agree totally right so like watching maybe one thing, but I'm pretty sure all of us, when we dance with somebody, like we love the moments when it's, it's, to, it's togetherness. Mm-hmm. It's something happening between us, not just one of us. Right. And I think that's usually the big moments in competition. You know, when the crowd goes crazy, it's when, you know, you both did something together. That's not to say that there isn't moments like when one person does something like really extraordinary that the audience doesn't go, wow. But when you end up doing it, you know, together without even saying again, words to right. one another, everyone's like, Oh my God, did you see what just happened? Yeah. You know, no. I wanted to make a shirt that says dance is not a verbal sport. Right. <laughs> like just lead it. Right. Whatever you got to do, it. just lead it mm-hmm. or just follow it. Dance mm-hmm. not, unless you're dancing, I guess shag. Cause they actually call out the. Right. They call it steps. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But otherwise mm-hmm. it should be lead follow. Um, right. I hope people walk away from this conversation with, some thoughts about what maybe they aspire to do in their own role, right. um, setting some expectations of what the other role is about that maybe they don't do, or if they do both, then for both mm-hmm. of them and a better sense of what it means to have a successful partnership. Cause at the end of the day, this is still partner dancing. And the joy and beauty of this dance is that you get not have to, you get to express the music with somebody else. Right. And how cool is that? Totally. It's amazing. I mean, yes, it is amazing. I I think people take that. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe people take for granted 
the 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 beauty of this dance and, and what's so cool about it that which is why they don't allow it to mm-hmm. happen. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe. I mean, I also agree a bit with you know what we talked about with John Festa, where people mm-hmm. are not like there's not as much of that con- that connection, physical mm-hmm. connection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are kind of doing their own thing, holding hands more often, and it's not we're not as present with our partners, both metaphysically or mentally as mm-hmm. well as physically. Mm-hmm. You know, showing leaders and followers how to connect physically can help can help kind of poke the other partner and be like, hey, I'm still here. Right. <laughs> you know, right. like when I dance with a follower who's not really giving me body weight in the hand, it's just much mm-hmm. harder for me to sense that person and where they're at. Yeah. And it's hard for you to tell them what you would like from them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think finding ways to, to politely, not in an adversarial right. way, but in a collaborative, cooperative way, say, I'm here, I'm with you. Right. Um, get your partner's attention. You know, Robert Royston talks about being external not getting in our own heads. I think a lot of us we're working on stuff, which is great because we want to be better, but keep in mind that you're trying to be better to be a better partner dancer. Right. Like I'm not trying to be better for my own sake. I'm trying to be better so I can create better dances with somebody else. Yeah. For us. So be present in the dance. Mm-hmm. Like that's the end goal. Um, work on your stuff, work on it in practice time and off the social floor. And then like be there with your partner. We'll have, you know, make the, you know, the conscious decision to be present. Yes. I, I think that's the, the, the problem for everything in life. You know, people yes. don't make the decision to be present for whatever reason. I'm not sure, you know, what the reason is, but you know, if I don't want to be present, then I go to my room. Right. <laughs> or, I, you know, turn the TV on so I could veg. Right. Right. You're actually <laughs> not present. <laughs> right. Exactly. Physically and mentally. Excellent. Right. Yeah. So before we wrap up, we want to let you know that we are working on some Naked Truth apparel for you. We're going to have a few different designs. We'll have those first available at Rose City Swing, but they will also be available on our website for purchase, both for men and women. So keep an eye out for that. We'll also spread the word on Facebook. Yes. Don't forget that we are doing a live recording of our show at Rose City Swing this Friday night at 12.30 a.m. If you're going to the event, and you should be, because it's lots (laughs) of fun, please join us as we sit down to chat about our dance with some guests. If there's anything you'd like us to discuss, please submit a question through our website. And of course, if you're going to be there, we might just invite you up to join us to ask that question. Check out all the details at thenakedtruthwcs.com slash live and look for the event on Facebook. We will have a Facebook live stream. If you want to share your thoughts and reactions with us about this conversation, you can post a comment on our website, you can respond to our posts on Facebook, or you can share your thoughts in our discussion group on Facebook. You can also email Deborah and me through our site at thenakedtruthwcs.com or through our Facebook page. And to get the latest news, you can like our page on Facebook, subscribe to our newsletter, follow us on Instagram, or follow us on Twitter. And I've noticed, I have noticed that some of you have started to follow us. Really? That's really awesome. Yes. I think we're up How to many like 20 now. now. Wow. I can check the numbers. That's so exciting. Um, If you haven't already, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and a number of other podcast hosting platforms. That way you get that episode right to your device and it notifies you. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave us a review on Facebook. And if you're on iTunes, please rate us and give us a review over on iTunes. 
Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Eric. And I'm Deborah. And, and that's, that's the, the Naked, naked Truth. Truth. There was something else you said that triggered a thought. And there it goes. Remember, and now it's gone. (laughs) Maybe it'll come back. Probably not. It's okay. No, but really, there was something else. Now I can't remember. Well, we said uh, you don't want them to wait. What did you? What was the last thing you said after waiting? Um, I don't know. We're so in the moment. I mean, yeah.